Heavenly Father, we want to thank you tonight, Lord, for getting us all here uh, safely and, and for putting it in our hearts to, to be here, to come and fellowship together and hear your word, Father. And we pray that, that, you, would, uh, that you would make these, these truths that we look at tonight and always clear to us, Father, and, and, and give us good understanding and a good, solid grasp in our, in our minds and in our spirits of the truth that uh, that you've put down here in uh, in your written word for us to have and father we pray that as we do understand and and gain the light that you have for us that it would work that it would work heat zeal passion and uh, and a desire to serve you and father we thank you for all of these things that you have done and will do for us in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, continuing in Romans and chapter 11. We uh, spent a couple of weeks in the several verses in between verse uh, 10 and 15 or so. Uh, last week we, we compared this passage of Scripture to the book of Acts and the, and the history that's there. And we'll move on now, but I want to back up and just kind of give us a running start into the following passage. The, the latter half of the chapter here really kind of begins in verse 11. From verse 1 through 10, Paul is talking about the nation of Israel uh, exclusively. He talks about the nation. He talks about the remnant. In verse 7, he talks about Israel uh, versus the election, the election and then the rest. And he talks about Israel's blinding in the next couple of verses. And then verse 11, uh, he changes course and he says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. So now he brings in the Gentiles. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. 
And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be graft in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature, and wert grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Now let's stop there. Okay, now that's quite a passage. Um, it is a... Uh, this, these verses here, the olive tree illustration that Paul gives us here in Romans chapter 11, is on top of being a difficult passage, which it is, different uh, people, the, the more people you talk to about this passage, the more uh, different shades of, of understanding you're going to get on it. Uh, among grace people and outside of, uh, of of dispensationalists, you get an even wider uh, variety of interpretations. But beyond the difficulty of the passage, if you can get a grasp of what Paul is saying here, is the the weight and the importance and the impact of this passage of Scripture. All of the Word of God, we understand, is eternally important. This, this passage, uh, in terms of its scope, in terms of its, of its reach, in terms of its implications, and its consequences, uh, is, is thick and, and weighty Indeed. So let's go ahead and come down through here. Now, let me. Let, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this approach just to kind of get this out of the way, so we can clear a little bit of the uh, the the brush here around the olive tree, and we can move on to talk about what the passage is talking about. Let's first talk about what it's not talking about. The the easiest part of this difficult passage is to refute the sometimes uh, uh, set forward idea that this passage is talking about saints losing their salvation. That Paul is saying here, God has been good to you. You need to continue in His goodness. If you don't continue in His goodness, you're going to be cut off. In other words, that a saint can lose his salvation if he or she misbehaves. Now, for one thing, that's that's not a difficult part of the passage. The uh, the idea here, you want to notice. Let's start back from verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now the first fruit here and the root, who Paul is talking about, are the fathers. Uh, the patriarchs of Israel. Look at verse 28. As concerning the gospel, they, and they, verse 26 is Israel, they are enemies for your sakes, Israel is, as a nation. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. Now you notice that's not God the Father, that's Father's plural. The apostrophe is after the S, not before. For the Father's sakes, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And we'll get to that verse when we get to it. But the idea there being that God called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and blessed them and made promises and covenants to them and they were set apart. They were sanctified. They were holy. They were the first fruits of the nation. And if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. Hold your hand here and let's see them as the first fruits in Hosea chapter 9. We were just talking about going into these small books of the Bible. But uh, you'll find it. Ezekiel's a big book. Daniel and Hosea. Mm-hmm. It's always good to reference it to a big book that you can just flip through and find, and then it's two books later. So Hosea and chapter 9. And we're just looking at the fathers as the first fruits. Let's just read the verse. Verse 10. God says, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree at her first time. But they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves unto that shame, and their abominations were according as they loved. So uh, the verse says that I saw your fathers as the first ripe. So the fathers are the are the first fruits, but then the uh, the offspring, the the fruit that grew out of the, out of that root, uh, went and, and committed idolatry and apostatized from God and so forth. But uh, yes, sir, Perry. What's the difference between the lump and the root? The, the lump. The root. Yeah. The, lump. the first fruit in the lump, you mean? Yeah. Well, right, but the root is compared to the branches, and the first fruit is compared to the lump. Okay. The, the, the lump in the verse is the rest of it, the remainder. The, uh, if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And that's a, that's a reference back to, and we won't go there, we read through uh, Leviticus in our Bible reading, in our daily Bible reading, when you uh, glean the harvest of your field, you, bring, you take the first fruits, the first ripe, and you bring that in offering to the Lord. And God accepts that uh, first fruit to show that He accepts the harvest. If the first fruit is holy, the lump, the rest, the remainder, is also holy. The lump there, in back in Romans 11, is, uh, if you look again back up in verse 7, what then Israel, we're in Romans 11 again, verse 7, what then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So there's the lump, the rest, the remainder. So Paul's saying that if the first fruit is holy, God accepted Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and blessed them and made a covenant and made promises with them, there, that nation that sprang from them, which was part of the promise, thou and thy seed will I give this land and make a blessing, is also holy. If the root is holy, again Abraham, uh, the, uh, so are the branches. What grows out of it? You don't grow a, uh, a bad tree out of a good root. You either get good fruit from a good tree or you get bad fruit from a, from a bad tree. Yes, sir. And you're talking in general terms, the, the nation in general. What we're, individuals. Exactly. What we're talking about here, and, and it's critical that you understand, 
is in dispensational terms. We're talking about dispensational position. We've been looking at that through Romans 9, 10, and 11, and we've been seeing throughout this passage of Scripture that this is a dispensational passage of Scripture. This is not talking about the doctrine of salvation. It's not talking about... uh, uh, He talked about all of that stuff back in the first five, six, seven, eight chapters. That's where the uh, the doctrine of salvation is established. What we're doing here is we're looking at dispensational position. And we're talking about the nation of Israel. Now look, the, if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. Now, when Jesus Christ came and ministered to the lump, the nation, the rest of the, that which sprang from the, the first fruits and, and, and from the root... Were they all holy? No. Individually? No. He said, you generation of vipers, how shall you escape the damnation of hell? But Paul's talking about the nation here. The nation of Israel. It's not about individuals. It's about the nation. The nation had a position of holiness, sanctification, separated unto God. Now, were they all saved? No, they were not all saved. It's critical that, that, we, that we understand and get this clear in our minds of what Paul's talking about here. So we have holy people who are not saved, who are not believers. Yet God sanctified that nation as a nation to Himself. Therefore, the nation is holy. Okay. Yes, sir. What is the benefit of the lump being sanctified as holy? We talk about the physical blessings of being in the nation. It's they won't receive the spiritual blessing of going to heaven. It's it's that, and it's the spiritual blessing. Now, an individual who is an unbeliever is not going to reap that spiritual blessing, but the nation will. And Paul, he tells us that in in verse 25, which is actually on the other side of the olive uh, illustration. But we'll talk about that. And it's a good point, and it's an important distinction to make. Um, So we've got this. uh, You notice in the verse we just read in verse 28, As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. So the, the, the position of the nation of Israel today in this dispensation of grace is that of beloved enemies. Read the verse again. They are, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies. But as touching the, the election, they are beloved. So Israel's position today is that of beloved enemies. Holy unbelievers. Now, you say, how does that work? Well, let's go down through the passage and and let's see how that works. Um, So if the first fruit be holy, verse 16 again, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Israel did not lose its, its, uh, uh, its holiness in terms of the election when it fell. We'll get there. And if some of the branches be broken off, 
And thou being a wild olive tree wert grafted among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Okay, now, so... Some the, 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 the lump is holy, the olive tree is holy, the root was holy, so are the branches. Now, some of those branches, those holy branches, were broken off. Now, the branches that were broken off, he's talking about the nation of Israel. He's, Paul's making a distinction between the nation as a whole and the remnant that, that believe. That's what he's been doing this whole time. Verse 7 again. Israel hath not obtained, the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So that's the distinction we're making here. The election, the, the believing remnant of Israel, and the rest. Okay, so the some of the branches are broken off, that's the rest. Those that fell, he explained that to us in the passage we looked at last week. The fall of them is the riches of the world, the diminishing. You remember, they stumbled, they fell, they diminished, they were cast away. That's unbelieving Israel. That's Israel as an entity, as a nation, was broken off of the, uh, of the olive tree. Now, let me ask you, those who were broken off, the scribes, the Pharisees, those who, who crucified Christ, those who stoned Stephen, the unbelieving nation, were they saved? They were not saved. They were never saved. So when they were broken off, did they lose their salvation? You can't lose your salvation if you never had it, can you? So when Paul says... Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, and says, if you continue in His goodness, you'll be okay, but if you don't, you also will be cut off. Is that talking about losing your salvation? No. No. Because it's whoever He's talking about there and whatever He's talking about is going to be cut off also, the same way that the branches were broken off in verse 17. Being cut off of this olive tree is not about losing your salvation. Okay? So that, to me personally, that's, that's the easy part. The hard part of this passage is not the idea of you're going to lose your salvation. There's, there's no problem in this passage if you take it for what it says and you just, you just let it say what it says, there is no possible way to come to an honest conclusion that this passage teaches that you can lose your salvation. Paul's already told us that we can't lose our salvation back in chapter 5 and chapter 8. That issue is established. Yes, sir? This, this passage appertains to, to not the body of Christ. No. It appertains to, to, to the nation of Israel. It's it well. It's the olive tree, the good olive tree, the green olive tree is the nation of Israel. There's always been a remnant, right? Throughout the, the but but the Gentiles are here too. There, there's a remnant in the in the sure in the wild olive tree. Let's talk about it. Okay, so now you'll see too as we go down through here what he is talking about. But I wanted to kind of clear that out of the way first, as far as. Uh, from my perspective, that's cleared out of the way. It will become clear to you as we m move down through. Yes, sir. Yeah. Cut off part. Does that mean when they when you're 
cut off. The remnant, or the not the remnant, but the Jew, the unbelieving Jews are cut off. Right. Okay. They're does that mean they're in hell? They go to they go to hell when they die. No. Or they're cut off from God's physical blessing, or they're cut off from the land. They're they're cut off from the from the root and fatness of the olive tree, which means the uh, the blessing of Abraham. Okay. The, the what they're cut off. The the blessing of the nation of Israel is their position before God. Paul has already told us what uh, what that is. If you remember back in chapter nine, um, uh, yep, Romans chapter nine, verse three. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, cut off. For my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God-blessed forever. Amen. So that's the uh, the fatness of the olive tree, all of those blessings that Israel as a nation received. Now again, Israel as a nation was always made up of believing and unbelieving Jews. But in terms of, of their connection to the olive tree, there's no distinction. That nation had a privileged position of blessing before God. Now, what happened with their eternal souls individually after they died? That was between them and the Lord. And that was based on on their faith and how they observed the law. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is dispensational position. Back in Romans chapter 11. Hopefully it will clarify for you as we go down through and talk about this. If some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, now who's thou? The branches, the, 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 the good olive tree, what he calls the green olive tree later on in the passage, uh, is the nation of Israel. The first fruit and the root is, is the fathers, and the olive tree, um, here I'll tell you what, get, let's, let's, don't take my word for that, hold your hand here, get Jeremiah chapter 11. We know that Israel is referred to as, as, as a few different kinds of trees depending on what uh, the, the point that's being made. Primarily, they're referred to as the fig tree. And the fig tree is national uh, Israel, or at least it's generally seen to be that. Jeremiah chapter 11. Then there is uh, the vine and the olive tree and the bramble. And each one of those has its own uh, particular significance. The olive tree, uh, the olive is where you get olive oil, oil uh, to burn in the, uh, in the lamps, and oil to anoint uh, priests, prophets, and kings. The oil is, uh, the, the olive tree is a, is a, uh, bringing out the issue of spiritual Israel and their spiritual state. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 11. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 16. The Lord called thy name a green olive tree. He's talking to Israel. Fair 
and of goodly fruit, and the noise of a great tumult he hath kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. Okay, so the uh, the olive tree there and the breaking off of the branches is something that uh, that the nation knew or should have known that they had coming. Just like we uh, Paul quoted all of those Old Testament passages about their blinding. This is what we're talking about here. This is just another way uh, to say what Paul's been saying that blindness has come upon Israel. They've been blinded and they've stumbled and they've fallen and uh, and been cast away. Okay, back in, in Romans chapter 11. So God calls them an olive tree and He says, I'm going to break your branches off. And the problem again was Israel's lack of, of faith and idolatry. Yes? Now, kindle fire upon it. Is that judgment? Yes. That's what I understand. Mm-hmm. And the the according to prophecy, this was supposed to happen at the beginning, at the time of the tribulation, when the wrath of God. Remember last week uh, with the stoning of Stephen, the wrath of God was ready to fall on this nation. That's when they fell, and that's when that fire was uh, was due to come down on them. Instead of doing that, God. Uh, started the dispensation of grace. He extended his goodness to the wild olive tree, according in in keeping with this passage here. Okay, back in in uh, Romans chapter eleven. If some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Okay, so who is thou? The olive tree is Israel as a nation. Who is thou? What does Paul say? Who's he talking to? Back in verse 13. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. So who is thou? Thou is the Gentiles. Now listen, thou is not the body of Christ, although there are Gentiles in the body of Christ, and obviously the people, the Gentiles who who are going to be reading this, are members of the body of Christ. But thou is not the body of Christ. Thou is not necessarily Gentile believers. Listen, Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. Was he the apostle only to believe in Gentiles? Or was he the apostle to the heathen? to the world. He was the he was the apostle to all the Gentiles, not just to the church. So who's he talking to here? Again, you remember uh, back in chapter 10, the issue was who is Paul talking to? And he says, uh, uh, chapter 9 rather, verse 24, even us whom he hath called not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So when you go down in the passage, you know he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. Here, he tells us who he's talking to in verse 13. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. So he says those guys, part of that, that green olive tree, they were broken off. Now, some of the branches were broken off. The whole, uh, back to, to verse 1. Hath 11, chapter 11, verse 1. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite. So it's not that no Jew can be saved. 
It's that that nation uh, is broken off. And by the nation, he, he says some of the branches. Emphasizing the fact that uh, a Jew doesn't lose the chance to be saved because of what's happening in this passage. The nation fell. So some of the branches are broken off. And thou, Gentiles, being a wild olive tree. Now, I'm going to tell you that who thou is in that, in that verse is, is not uh, universally agreed upon. And in um, dispensational circles, there are people who will agree with or disagree with me, in, uh, and they'll say that those are believing Gentiles. It can't be all the nations. Yes, sir. Can I uh, surmise that maybe he's talking to whomever reads this? Whomever the the it is uh, whoever reads it who's not. Um, Who's not part of that uh, part of that uh, green olive tree? I want you to notice a couple of things here, okay? Because if if you want to say that this is believing Gentiles and not the whole Gentile world out there, you know, I'm not going to be mad at you. Um, I don't think it, it. The difference between those two things doesn't have all that much of an impact on the passage itself. But here's here's my problem with with making this uh, individual believing people. Okay, number one, you will hear this passage taught as the branches, the Jewish branches, the nation of Israel were broken off. Then God took some branches out of the wild olive tree that is out of the Gentiles and put them graft them into the good olive tree now if that's what the passage said then I would say yes these are believing Gentiles these are people like you and me who have been called out of the world and graft into the, the root and blessing and fatness of, of Abraham and, and take uh, our partakers of the, of the salvation of, of all humanity that comes through Abraham. But that's not what the passage says. These are not branches broken off of the wild olive tree and grafted into the good olive tree. R- listen, read the passage. Verse 17 again. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being branches of a wild olive tree. Is that what it says? No. No. Never once through this passage are the Gentiles called branches. The Gentiles are not branches. They're a wild olive tree. Look, God didn't break the branches off of the wild olive tree and graft those branches into the good olive tree. He took the the wild olive tree and He grafted it into the root of Abraham. It's the whole thing. It's the whole olive tree, the the wild olive tree we're talking about here. It's not broken off branches taken from one and put into another. It's the whole Gentile world. Listen, what did we read last week? Come with me to Acts chapter 28. You remember we looked at this passage. Acts chapter 28. As you're turning there, 
someone says, okay, well, it doesn't say branches with regard to the, to the Gentiles, but it implies it. I would argue that it doesn't imply it. Not only does it not imply it, it implies the exact opposite. And I'll tell you why. As you go down through that passage, not only are the Gentiles never called branches, it's the whole wild olive tree that's, that's grafted in. But they are never, whoever he's talking to, whoever thou is in the passage, it's never plural. Never plural. It's always singular. The Jews that fell, that's always plural. They're always branches. It's always they. The wild olive tree that's grafted in, it's always thou. You. It's 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 never we'll we'll look down we'll look down through it. It's never plural. We're not talking about individual Gentile believers. We're talking about listen, we're talking about the nation of Israel as a whole, and we're talking about the Gentiles as a whole. Uh yes, sir. Yeah, Jerry. Oh I was just thinking of John fifteen, you are the vine. There that's yes exactly Um, Acts chapter 28 verse 25 and when they agreed not among themselves you remember Paul is talking to the Jews at, at Rome they departed after that Paul had spoken one word well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers saying go unto this people and say hearing you shall hear and shall not understand and seeing you shall see and not perceive for the heart of this people is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it you remember we looked at this passage last week and we saw that this is the, the, the final casting away of that nation. Those branches are broken off. They, they stumble, they fall, they diminish, and then they're cast away. They're gone. Israel is no longer in that position of favor and blessing with God. The nation, the lump, is broken off. Now, Paul speaks of it in terms of individual branches because he's making the distinction between the nation that fell and people like himself who are, who are holding true and who have, have come into the blessing of God. Back in, so now, back in Romans 11, the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. Now, when Paul made that statement, did every Gentile in the world get saved? The salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles. That means all of a sudden the whole world is saved. No. What does it mean? Well, listen. Go ahead. It means that they have a chance to be saved. Yes, that before, up till that moment, who was the salvation of God with? Israel. Israel. Was every Israelite saved? No. no. And yet salvation was of the Jews. John chapter 4. At that moment, in that statement, that declaration of judgment that we just read there in Acts 28, 
the salvation of God, the fatness of the of the root of that olive tree was cut off from the nation of Israel. The salvation of God left Israel and went to the Gentiles. The Gentiles became the recipient of the salvation of God. Now, does again, does that mean they all got saved? No. Listen, what does Paul tell us? God is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. Who's Paul talking to here in this passage? He's talking to all men, especially those that believe. He's talking to the, to the Gentiles as a whole, just like he's talking about the nation of Israel as a single whole unit back in chapter 11. So if some of the branches, verse 17, be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert graft in among them, and with them, those that are left, not those that are broken off, with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now come, come with me, we're going to run a lot here tonight. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We all know this passage. What does Paul mean when he says we're partaking of the root and the fatness of the olive tree? Now, listen, for you and me, as members of the body of Christ, are our, our, our uh, spiritual blessings, when God says uh, here in Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to chapter 2, but in chapter 1 he says we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Are those blessings Israel's blessings? No. Those are spiritual blessings, heavenly blessings, not earthly blessings, uh, spiritual blessings to the body of Christ. So what does Paul mean when he says that we, you, thou, have been grafted into this olive tree and made partakers of the fatness of that olive tree? Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Now before we go on any further, I want you to see the two groups of people that he's talking to. Remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Okay? who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So we've got two groups of people in this verse. You've got Israel after the flesh, that is the nation, physical Israel, saved, unsaved, not the issue, the nation, and then you've got the Gentiles as a single group. Same people we're talking to here. That at what do we remember, Paul? That at that time you were without Christ. What did Paul just say in Romans chapter nine? That all those blessings that they had, the adoption and the and the and the service and the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Israel had Christ as part of their national blessing. He came from them. They had the promise of him, and then they had him when when he came. But 
We, Gentiles in the flesh, we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. What is the commonwealth of Israel? That's that fatness, that those riches that come through the root. All those promises and blessings made to Abraham and to his seed through Abraham. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. So that's the, uh, uh, the state of them in time past, verse 11 says. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace. Whose peace? Jew and Gentile circumcision and uncircumcision, Jesus Christ is the peace between them, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Now here he's talking about the body of Christ. He's not talking about the olive tree that Paul's talking about. He's talking about uh, our salvation as members of the body of Christ. But look down in uh, verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners. Strangers and foreigners from what? Well, from what he said back up in, in verse 12, from the commonwealth of Israel. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So we are uh, partakers. Now, the, the body of Christ has uh, individual and specific and unique blessings that Israel didn't have. But, back to Romans chapter 11. Listen, we don't bear the root. The root bears the Gentiles. In other words, salvation comes through Abraham. Salvation always comes through Abraham. We've seen that several times already just in our study in the book of Romans so far. That our salvation is possible because God back there when he preached the gospel to Abraham and declared him righteous in uncircumcision, he was thinking about us and about how he was going to justify the heathen by faith. That's why he did what he did with Abraham the way that he did it. So that Abraham could be the father, not just of the nation of Israel, but the father of the nations the way God said that he would be. So the uh, salvation and, and all the blessings and privileges of position before God comes through Abraham. One way or the other, it comes through that root. And the root bears us. We don't bear the root. And that is true. That is always true. And uh, so... so that's not something that, uh, you know, sometimes we, we dispensationalists, we like to rightly divide stuff until there's nothing left of it. The fact of the matter is that there's connection too. It's not just division. There is, what, did, what did Paul just tell us? We are fellow citizens. Together. We used to be alienated. We used to be divided. Christ is our peace. He brought us together. So there's not only division in, in right division, but there's Connection. Yes. How would you reason uh, anti-Semitism? Let's talk about this this passage. Um, okay, so you partake of the fat, of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Now, verse eight. Boast not, and this is exactly what you just mentioned. Boast not against the branches. 
But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now, I've said to you throughout this passage, back in chapter 11, verse 18, that Paul is speaking very strongly against the idea of anti-Semitism in the church. That's Throughout this dispensational portion of Scripture, that's his repeating theme. Anti-Semitism is hatred or uh, being anti-Jew. Hatred of it's it's racism against a Jewish person or or the nation of Israel. And 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 Paul keeps coming back to that in this passage of Scripture, and nowhere more powerfully than than right here in these few verses about this olive tree. Now. He says, boast not against the branches. Now, how do you, how do you boast? Paul's been talking about boasting throughout this, uh, throughout this epistle. You remember what he said back in uh, chapter 2? Come back to chapter 2 with me. He's talking to different people and he tells us about how those Gentiles were, were, uh, were cast off. In verse 1, God gave them up. He gave them over. In chapter 1, rather. In chapter 2, he starts talking about the uh, cultured, refined, uh, uh, moralist type person. Chapter 1 is the, is the, uh, you know, the, the, the low class Gentile. Chapter 2 starts out with the high class. Gentile, the moral guy, the sophisticated, the civilized guy. Then as he goes on in chapter 2, he starts talking about the Jew. And, and he, those three classes of people, the immoral, the moral, and the religious, those three classes of people make up the world of unbelievers. Um, he says, when he starts talking to the Jew, he says in, uh, in verse 17, chapter 2, verse 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest His will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. What's he boasting in? He's boasting in that position and those advantages that we just read about back in, in chapter 9. The adoption is mine. The glory is mine. The covenants are mine. We are the people of God. And that's the attitude that the Gentiles took. And they, uh, uh, if anti-Semitism is racism against Jews, they had the opposite of that. They had the, their, their own hatred toward the Goyim, toward the Gentiles. And they made their boast of God because of their position with Him. Uh, look in uh, verse 23. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? You see, that's their boast. Their boast is all of their blessings and their position before God. Now, back in chapter 11, Paul says... Look, thou, Gentiles, and notice as we go down through this passage, always singular. Whoever he's talking to here, he's talking to a single unit. He's not talking to individuals. Boast not against the branches. Don't take the same attitude that they had now that salvation has come unto the Gentiles, the tables are turned. 
God is, uh, is not favoring that nation anymore. In fact, He has turned from it, broken off those branches, and His salvation has come to us. Now, since that happened, and throughout these last 2,000 years since that happened, the professing church has been vehemently, zealously, and violently anti-Semitic. The, 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 the so-called Christian church down through the centuries has been anti-Israel because the Jews killed Christ. And they're cut off. They're cursed now. And God hates them. And He's going to judge them. And if you're a good Christian, you'll get your pound of flesh too. That has been the attitude of the professing church for the last 2,000 years. Yes, sir. Not necessarily the professing believers, but the... The professing church, as opposed to the actual true church. As opposed to the believers. Yeah. Professing churches, I, I use that to mean the unbelieving church. Yeah. Which is not a church at all, actually. Right. I always surmise that anti Semitism arose when the Jews left their boundary of the land that God promised. Must say what? Because they carried the blessing, the physical blessings, or the, and also the spiritual blessings of God wherever they went. You know, mm-hmm. throughout Europe, throughout the world. They have, been a, they have been a preserved people, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So I always thought, well, you have people living next door to these Jews, and these Jews are prosperous. They're, mm-hmm. they're un- supernaturally prosperous, and so you have this envy or jealousy, and so it manifests itself. There, there, is, uh, there is that, yeah. and you see, it, you see it all the time. It, and you hear it in the... Uh, in the in the statements of of hatred and negativity about them, what are the what are the stereotypical anti-Jewish things? They're they're rich and they're miserly and and it's all about their wealth and 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 all and all of that. Uh, every group of people has its own stereotypes. That's theirs. Um, but in terms of boasting. In, in our position before God now. I want you to see this. I want you to see it in the passage. And I want you to understand what Paul's doing here. Because he is, number one, he's warning us not to boast against Israel. But there's two reasons for it. Okay? Number one is what he's already told us. If the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And God is going to redeem these people one day, this nation. Again, these people, we're not talking about individuals. We're talking about dispensational position. That nation of Israel is going to be received back. What did he say back in uh, chapter verse 15, chapter 11? For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? That nation, verse 25 there also, is going to be saved. Verse 26, all Israel shall be saved. So don't take a negative 
uh, stance against that nation because God's not done with them. But there's another reason that you want to see uh, in this passage not to take that attitude toward the nation of Israel. And Paul is warning these Gentiles as a whole not to fall into, into Satan's trap here. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Verse 19, Thou wilt say then, Thou wilt say then, what are, if you boast, what are you going to say? What's going to be your boasting? The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Now look, my goodness, I am way over time. I'm sorry. We got two. We got two verses down here. Wow. All right. Let me. Let me just. All right. Let's. Let's stop right here. Look. Here's the thing. When the church, when the Gentiles to whom the salvation of God has come. Okay, whether that's believing Gentiles in the church, whether that's professing believers in the professing church, whether it's the Gentile world out there who culturally has come into the blessings of the salvation of God in their midst, whoever it is, if you boast against the branches, here's what you're going to say, and here's what you're going to believe, and here's the trap. The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. What I'm saying now, when I say that the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in, is that I'm taking their place. I am Israel. I become the nation. I'm spiritual Israel. I'm the one that God was talking about that whole time. It wasn't them. It wasn't the physical nation. It wasn't really the, 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 the physical seed of Abraham. It was me. It was the church. It was the Gentiles. We're Israel. That's the trap. That's the trap. And Paul goes down through the passage, and we'll have to look at it next week, and he says, if you guys, if you fall into that trap, and you leave the goodness of God, and you leave faith, and you start thinking that you're Israel, and you start picking up their law, and their legalism, and their program, and you start thinking that you've taken their place, you are going to be cut off. You will be cut off, you Gentiles. We'll leave it there. We'll pick up verse 19 and 20 and, and on next week.